It was a frustration of this pastor years ago. One in particular, but several people were just in the habit of, after they would express a completely unscriptural and unspiritual habit that they had, they would follow it up with, that's just who I am. That's just the way I am. And I'm not talking that they're not here, okay? So I'm not shooting at you. Just somebody you know, okay? With that said, I went to the Lord and said, Lord, I got to have something for that. Because they're justifying that this is what they're doing because it's just who they are. And I don't, I don't have a good argument against that. And in so many words, this song came to my mind. You see, changing you and I from who we were is exactly what Jesus does. Hallelujah. And so my response came, and yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, when someone would, would justify their unscriptural, unspiritual activity, well, that's just who I am. And that's also why Jesus died, was to change who you are. Church, I'm telling you, this preacher was on a path several years ago. Had I not changed because of Jesus, I would not be credible to be your pastor. True story. And the reality is, is there's nothing going on in the people sitting in these uh, chairs that God can't fix. And he wants to. And he does on a daily basis. And I give him all the praise for that. So... As I shared with you, the events of this week have greatly shaped today's message, and I really want this to be an encouragement. The prayer and the pray e, the prayer and the pray e, and yes, I will get that confused as we go along. So I'm going to pray for your ability to hang with me. But we're going to look here in Colossians chapter one and at verse nine. We're going to start with verse nine, and we're going to see what the prayer should be praying for the pray e. Now, it's so important, we're all in the depot, okay? And if you don't get on the train with me, you're the message isn't going to make sense. So I want to make sure the doors have opened on the train, okay? You have an employer, an employee, and that is, if you will, the uh, motif that I'm wanting to use for this message. The employer is the boss, the employee is the person that listens to the boss and does what they tell them to do. So in this case, the prayer is the Christian that has gotten to a level of discipleship that the people that we pray for on our list in our sphere of influence, you're praying for them. I want to give you from Scripture what to pray for them as the prayer. But then the prayee, and I'm sure we have both crowds represented, and to be very honest with you, if you are an effective prayer, you're hoping and praying that somebody's praying for you. <laughs> so you want to be a prayee. We're kind of going back to that first chair, second chair, third chair, you know. First chair is the person that just came to Christ, and they've got someone in that second chair discipling them. Well, that person in the second chair has been discipled, but they still need somebody pouring into them. Watch this. It's good to be in this chair, but not to stay in this chair. Because if you stay in this chair, now you don't have anyone feeding you. And so you want to stay, go back and forth, if you will, chair two and chair three. We always want to have someone that's learning about Christ that we're pouring into. 
Well, the prayer is praying for the prayee that they would know what they need to know. And Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 18 is just chalk full of what we want the prayee to know. And then the end of this message will simply be looking at uh, Proverbs 1, 2, 3, and 4, one or two verses out of each chapter on what the prayee should be doing. Let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's holy word, Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. For this cause, Paul says, we also, since the day we heard it, what did he hear? He heard good things about the church at Colossae. We do not cease to pray for you. So Paul and his team are the prayers, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now that's those are the verses that we're going to be breaking down here in just a few moments, but let's read a little further because Paul just starts bragging about Jesus, and I think we ought to soak in this for a moment. Look at verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things and by him. All things consist. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. We just ask you now to do what only you can do, and that is to take a simple preacher and through your spirit and through your word, help us to look more like you. In Jesus' precious and holy name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. Sermon in a sentence. Very few, if no one, that is a kingdom warrior, and that's my hope and prayer for every person under the sound of my voice, has gotten there without a prayer warrior praying on their behalf. This is an ongoing cyclical thing. This preacher, I'm telling you, people have prayed for me. You have prayed for me. I cannot thank you enough. We sent out a prayer blast yesterday asking you to pray for me at about 10.38 or so. I gave Stacy a very late notice, but she got it pulled off, and you got a blast. If we have your number, you got a blast text type thing to pray for Brother Ben and most of all to pray for the Brant and the Blue family. I asked the deacons. They prayed. I asked my preacher buds in the association. They prayed, and God honored those prayers. So let me read this to you again. Very few, if no one that is a kingdom warrior, has gotten there without a prayer warrior praying on their behalf. The prayee, 
the person being prayed for, that responds positively to the prayers of the prayer warrior benefits greatly personally and for the kingdom and ultimately becomes a prayer warrior for others. One of the most unbelievable, ironic things I ever have witnessed at a Christian college where I went was a young girl at the college that got upset when she saw her name on her next-door neighbor in the dorm, her name on her prayer list. She got mad at that. When the friend was telling me about it, I was like, is my name on there? <laughs> put my name on there. Scratch her out and put me there. I'd be glad to take your prayers and such. I, I don't get that. Church, nobody in this room should be offended that Brother Ben's praying for you. No one should be offended that deacon so-and-so, uh, Sunday school teacher so-and-so is praying for you. We ought to be begging one another, pray for me. Amen. And so what should we pray? That's what we're fixing to answer. Before we go, there are two uh, of my favorite, and I joked with the first service, I'm going to joke with you too. We have discovered in the last couple of months, because I've asked you to raise your hand if you remember a particular story. I've been here 26 years, folks. Now, I'm coming up with new stories, but I still got a lot of bunch of old ones that I have told and told, and I'm afraid I'm wearing you out. When I asked one of my favorite ones a month ago, I asked how many in this congregation remember that story. Four hands went up. Do you realize how many stories that opens back up for me to tell? Over and over. Hallelujah. Because these are good stories. So, I, I, Bob Rapport came to me and said, I have never heard those two stories. I've been telling them for years, and it's okay. It's okay. But watch this. That's why you, some of you that got really wonderful elephant memories, you're thinking, that poor preacher, he just keeps forgetting. No, 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 we're not forgetting. <laughs> we're just telling them because they're really good. And we got new people. We want you to hear this. So here's the first one. True stories. Two true stories about the power of prayer. A, a vet in probably World War I, I cannot remember exactly, it was one of the first two world wars, they were in the trenches and they were trying to take this particular parcel of ground in Europe and the flag once again had come off the pole and the leader, the officer in charge wanted that flag back up but he said to his men, I'm tired of sending men out there and either getting shot or worse. So I'm not asking. I'm asking for a volunteer. In other words, he says, I'm not telling anybody, but I'm asking for a volunteer. This one fellow said, sir, I'll do it, but not until such and so time. And the officer thought that was a little weird, but he said, okay, because no one else volunteered. At such and so time, he pops out of the trench, runs to the pole, shimmies up the pole, puts the new flag on, shimmies back down, runs back. I mean, shooting and everything going on around him. He doesn't have a scratch, gets back in the trench, and they're all applauding and excited. And the officer says, I got to know, why did you want to wait until this specific time? He said, sir, because when I got on that train, before I got on that train, my grandma told me I'll be praying at this time in the States every morning. And I knew if my grandma was praying, I'd be fine. God was going to honor her prayers. Amen. That's good stuff, and it's a true story. Number two, how many of you remember Pastor Charles and the Potato Room? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. All right, all right. Oh, my goodness. So this goes back to my uh, personal situation. Uh, Dawn, uh, help my memory, J.D. Courtney was my best man. Is that right? All right. So J.D. Courtney is a student. What? Okay. Why are you all laughing? 
we're one. And she's got the good half of the brain. <laughs> so uh, J.D. Courtney, my best man, and J.D. tells the story that uh, his best friend uh, died tragically. Uh, this fellow, I, I used to know his name. He pastored a, a large Southern Baptist church in Florida, and he died in a tragic plane wreck. And so uh, the mother of this best friend calls J.D. several years later and says, J.D., your best friend, my son's grandpa, Pastor Charles, is not doing well. He's in his 90s, and he's in a facility. He's not going to be with us much longer. I know you know him. I know you love my son. I love you because of it. Would you like to come spend a few days with him before he goes to glory? And J.D. said, you tell me the open dates. And so they set it up. Him and his wife went. So J.D. is sitting in this nursing home room with Pastor Charles. And Pastor Charles is just pouring goodness on him. And he tells this story. And in fact, I really believe it was a nephew that told J.D. the story when they were looking at the potato room on the property that is still there. But Pastor Charles pastored the same church for 50 years. We think 26 is something. Mm, 50. Would to God I'll have the health to do that in the such. I know some of y'all are praying against that. That's okay. Now, and I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Watch this. Pastor Charles, for several years, would get in his potato room, and he'd, and he'd pray by name for the people in the church. This was a growing church. It was, a, if you will, successful church because of it was growing and reaching people for Christ and the such. Pastor Charles knew what it was about, and he would get in that potato room, and he wouldn't let anything prohibit or inhibit him, he would start screaming these names depending upon the need and the such to God. Well, what Pastor Charles didn't know was there was a young man that had to pass by his property to get to the bus stop to go the shortcut, and this kid was scared to death of Pastor Charles and Pastor Charles's God because they would yell at each other until he got at the Vietnam War. And now he's in a trench. And the same thing going on as the previous story. And the trench is blowing up because of shells. He's seeing people die by him and next to him. And he's finally had enough. And he says out loud, I'm praying to the God of Pastor Charles, save me. That's what he said. Now, Pastor Charles is completely unaware that all this is going on until that person that God saved in the trench is on the front porch of Pastor Charles's house. Pastor Charles opens the door, and he says, Pastor Charles, I don't know if you know me. And he says, oh, I know you. And he said, well, I want to tell you my story. And he sat in Pastor Charles's living room and told him, I used to pass your potato room, and you would scream at God, and you would name these names, and it scared me to death. But Pastor Charles, I got in a place that if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be standing here right now. And he said, I just want to thank you. For praying. Church, that's a true story. We need somebody like that. Now, you don't got to yell at God, okay? That was how Pastor Charles did it. You do it in your way, but we need someone assaulting the throne of heaven on our behalf. Can I get a witness? We, we need and we want that. Well, that's what this message is about. And now I'm fixing to tell you, according to Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9, how and what to pray. First of all, you have number point number one, the prayer of the prayer. 
And so we have here a, verse 9, a heartfelt desire. So this is the prayer. You have a heartfelt desire. Church, you're not checking this off your list. You're not saying, okay, I prayed for that guy and move to the next. No, a heartfelt desire that these things happen in this person's life. And what is it that you want to happen? Look at it. To be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spirituality. Church, there's not a person in this room that you don't have some questions about next week or next month or next year, and you need the knowledge and the will of God. Amen? And we need somebody praying for us that we will understand that. This is the BK paraphrase, that they would get it. That's my prayer for every person that was at that funeral yesterday, that they would get it. What's it? God's in charge, church. God's in charge. He's in charge of you. He loves you so much. He gave his son on the cross for you. He wants you to live for him. He wants you to be about his kingdom work. He wants you to plant seeds in the people that are within the sphere of your influence. He wants you to get it. We've all got people that we desperately want God to help that person or persons to get it. B, verse 10. This is verse 10a. That you might walk worthy of the Lord, and to all pleasing. Now, this is where now you're praying for this person to not just get it, but to live it. Watch this. And enjoy it. And enjoy it. Church, there's nothing like talking to another Christian about what God is doing in their life for his kingdom's sake. You're talking about getting on the spot where the glory comes out. What's God doing with you right now? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> And when they share that with you, and then you realize, I've been praying for them to do this very thing, and they're doing it, that's going to light your fire too. We are pray this is the BK paraphrase that you would apply. And when I say you, I'm talking about the pray-e. So from the prayer's standpoint, that they would get a daily, vibrant, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That they would wake up, it would be Jesus, and through the day, it would be Jesus, and when they go to sleep, it would be Jesus. And some of you might be saying, well, Brother Ben, I need that. Hallelujah. Recognition is the first step of recovery. And when we realize that we're not where we need to be, watch this, that makes us a more powerful prayer when we're making the changes in our own life. C, verse 10b, being fruitful in every good work. Church, that's a prayer that I pray every day for this church, that we would know him, that he would let us in on his kingdom work, and that we would bear fruit for his namesake. Now, that fruit covers a lot of area. First of all, the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about this in BRH, BethelLondell.com. Please listen to BRH this week that we did last Wednesday. But we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Please don't say amen to this, but is there anybody in here that could use some of that this week? Yes, I guarantee you. This preacher, if no, nobody else. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, bearing fruit in every good work. Church, it's taken me many, many years to understand that every day, most likely, God has a good work that I'm supposed to do on that day. I need to know what it is, and then I need to be obedient to it. So this is the BK paraphrase of 10B, that you would, that that person, the pray E, would act upon what they're learning from the Lord as the Lord points them to specific works that he's asking them to do and be fruitful in the spirit.
to be fruitful in soul winning, to be fruitful in loving God and loving others, and yes, in other words, embracing third place. Had a conversation just a few moments ago with a young man that he is actively trying to win his sphere of influence. He's living out that verse. He's trying to bear fruit. D, verse 10c, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Church, I can't speak for you, but I don't want to be a stranger when I get to heaven. I don't want to say, man, I'm not really sure who that is. And my brother say, well, that's Jesus, dummy. <laughs> now, God probably won't let him call me dummy, but you see what I'm saying, you know? Uh, and, and the bottom line is, if we learn God here, we're going to go, Woo-hoo, there he is. There he is, and we want the path to clear so we can run to him. BK, paraphrase, paraphrase, I'm praying that as the prayee obeys God, he or she will continue to grow in the knowledge of God. I'm sad of all the times I've looked at a sunrise and didn't connect it to God. I'm sad of all the times that I would look at some of God's creation and I'd take it for granted. Church, let's don't take it for granted. Let's grow in the knowledge of God. E, verse 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. BK paraphrase, we're praying that the E will last out and not burn out. Church, One of the reasons the back door is open is because we're not praying enough for the people to be able to be encouraged and strengthened uh, by the Lord because this is a hard work. It is. It's a hard work. You reaching your sphere of influence to the Lord is hard. We don't need to give up. You need somebody praying for you this verse strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Y'all remember the story? And I know you don't, but (laughs) Benjamin, little chunky, uh, goodness, what age was he? He was probably ninth, eighth or ninth grade, and he was going to football camp. And so Benjamin was put on the line because he was chunky. That's where chunky boys go in football practice. They go to the line. And so one kid got it. Oh, Daryl's over. Uh-huh. Now, the coach at that time was an, we still got an awesome coach, but the coach at this time was very motivational guy, very in your face and the such, and he took the line because he understood that if you've got a strong line, everything else kind of falls in place. Watch this. So he's coaching those boys. So all these chunky boys are lined up, and they're waiting for, you know, football camp to start, and the coach is walking over to him. This little bitty skinny guy comes over. This would have been me at age 12. He, he runs over here. He's late. And the guy says, oh, you're not with the running backs. You go here. And so he goes over here and says, oh, you're not a wide receiver. You go, go to the line. So here he goes. I mean, he's like this big. He runs over to the line, and the coach sees him coming. He says, are you one of God's men, boy? And he goes, I don't think so. <laughs> he said, get over there to the running backs. And he went over here to the running backs. I, Dad was there. And I watched that line of boys. And when that coach turned on that little scrawny kid and said, are you one of God's men? Every one of those little 
chunky kids <laughs> went, yeah, uh-huh, I'm, I'm one of God's men. That's right. Church, the devil has told you all week you're no good. Can I get a witness? The world has told you, shut up. Your flesh has told you you're not very successful. God is telling you you're one of mine. And you are an heir to the throne. It's a throne you're never going to take, but you're an heir to it. And church, we need to start seeing ourselves as who we really are. We, we are chosen. We are adopted. We are royal blue bloods. And we need somebody praying for us, and we need to pray for others to not lose hope. Don't get discouraged. Look here at uh, F, verse 12 through 18. And, and we, we've already read that. But this is the BK paraphrase, that the prayee would constantly thank God that he died and that he, was, that he counted them worthy to give his son on the cross for them, who by him all things consist. Now, church, I said this in the first service. I want to love you enough to say it to you as well. I believe that it's fair for someone to struggle with the origin of how we all got here. But I do believe as Christians, we've got to settle it. Because if you, don't, if you do not agree with essentially verses 16 and 17, that Jesus created everything that we see, you're not going to have his power. You're not going to have his authority. You're not going to have his direction and his leading. We've got to settle that, church. Now, one thing he says here that is extremely important, because you see, when I was in chemistry class, Dawn was in uh, the uh, nursery and first service, so she didn't get to hear this, but I, I've already told you, she's the better part of the brain here, and uh, she's got a degree in chemistry. I took one class. I took one class and was thrilled to be done with chemistry after one class, but that teacher taught me something I've never, ever heard before and did not realize that it was in Scripture. First of all, did you know, most of you know this, Dawn, if this is not right, please don't correct me right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Aren't molecules and atoms as a result in a constant flux of moving? Yeah, yes, yeah, so, you see that? She, she agreed with me. See, I know something smart because a teacher taught me. I didn't know that. I didn't know that molecules and atoms were just, make, you know, I can relate to them. <laughs> And so the molecules in these inanimate objects are in a constant state of movement. Well, well, why does this thing not blow apart? We know what an atom being split can do. Hiroshima and the such. We know that as a people, God has given us the wisdom to harness the power of the atom. So why is everything not in a constant flux of tearing apart? Because the scripture says, in him, all things consist. Jesus is holding the entire universe together because he is God. And, it, and he ain't breaking a sweat, folks. It's, it's no big deal for God. He created it that way. And so I want you to know that that's the person you serve. That's the God that you and I serve. And so as a prayer, we need to be praying these things for the prayee that they understand. Point number two, the prayee. So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1. And we have here in verse 7, 
the simple, these are the simple steps to get to where the prayer is praying for you to get to. So now, and, and again, let's put our, all of ourselves in this position. We want someone praying for us these things that are found in Colossians chapter uh, 1. So how do we apply them? Look at A. This is the what. Proverbs 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, that's not a fear that I want to stay away from God. That is a fear that I want to draw to God. What causes you and I to draw to God? An understanding that there's a righteous God lovingly judging every word, thought, action, and deed. And so if we want to please the Lord, we need to make sure that our words, thoughts, actions, and deeds please him. That's the loving fear of God. That's the what. As a, as a person being prayed for, this is what we need to settle. I'm living for God. God is the only one that has a rightful demand, if you will, upon my time, and I'm going to do what he tells me to do. What about the how? How do we accomplish this? Look at Proverbs chapter 2, 1 through 5. Proverbs chapter 2, 1 through 5. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So this is how you do the what. If you want to know how to fear the Lord, you seek him. You search him. If you came to me after this service and said, Brother Ben, I, I got to know how to pull this off. Tell me how to do this. My first thing would be, tell me the 15 to 30 minutes tomorrow that you can set aside and all you do is seek the Lord. Well, I can do that before I get dressed. Okay, do it. I can do that before I get in the car. Okay, do it. I can do that in the car. Okay, do it. I can do that on my lunch break. Okay, do it. I can do that after work. Okay, do it. Whatever the case may be. Push it aside. Sit down and seek. Church, I'm telling you, he'll be found. If you seek the Lord, he'll be found. Now, here's the cool thing. You don't sometimes have to do this. Sometimes while you're doing this, you can put a song on, you can put a sermon on, you can put a podcast on, you can put the scripture on, I mean fill in the blank, and you can be seeking God while you're doing quote unquote what you have to do. You would have thought this preacher had lost his ever-loving mind yesterday while I was preparing to do my hobby because I was listening to cathedrals and I was dancing and prancing all over that garage because I love the cathedrals. And I was excited about what I was hearing. Every once in a while, I would look out and make sure no one was looking. Because I didn't particularly want to be silly in front of anybody. But I was willing to be silly because I was seeking the Lord. And the Lord was satisfying me. He was blessing me. He was empowering me, if you will. He was strengthening me for what I'm doing today. We need those charging times where it's just you and him. One of my favorite phrases, church, is you know me, Lord. You know me, and you know exactly what I need. So I'm coming to you for that. That's the how. Seek him, and then see the when. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, I'm turning there too. Look at verse uh, 5 and 6. 
Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now you say, wait a minute, Brother Ben. Uh, you know, you're saying the when, so you're going to say that this is daily, and the word daily is not in these verses. No, but look at what word is. All. The word all is in there. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. One of the funniest jokes that we've heard in the last five to ten years is, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. God, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Oh, oh yeah? <laughs> Watch this, you know? And then everything's changed, and now we've got to do this, this, and this. So if at the beginning of the day you said, Lord, this is what I think I have today. This is what I'm asking you to help me. I'm acknowledging you in all of this. I don't want to do any of this without you. So would you please direct my paths through this day? God will 100% do it. C. Uh, no, I just did C. D, the why. Look at chapter 4, verse 5 through 7. Chapter 4, verse 5 through 7. Get wisdom. Get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. So we have this simple why. Why are we doing all this? Why are we seeking God? Why are we trying to understand the fear of the Lord? Because church, every person under the sound of my voice needs wisdom this week. You need to know what it is God wants you to do. You need direction. You need understanding of the wisdom. Sometimes you know what to do. You don't know why you should do it. You need understanding of the wisdom. Church, simplest definition out there, wisdom is doing God's things God's way. Doing God's things God's way. It's not enough just to do God's things. We got to do it God's way. And then that's when you get into the spout where the glory comes out. Would you stand, musicians, will you come? Where are you at today? Besides 569 Bethel Church Road, where are you at with the Lord? Are you a prayer or a prayee or both? I can tell you, as a matter of fact, Dawn and I have people that we pray for every day. I hope and pray I'm on your list. We need to pray for the people within our sphere of influence that they would know the will and knowledge of God. Father, we ask you to do your will and way. If there's someone here today that does not know you and the free pardon of sin, we pray and beg that they will come in this invitation. We'll send them with someone gender appropriate that will share the gospel with them. We pray that they will be saved for it's everlasting too late. If there's someone here today that just needs to make this an old-fashioned altar and seek your face, so be it, Father. I'm praying that you will brood over this crowd. And those of us that need to increase our praying, that we'll do that. For those that need to respond to those that have been praying for us, I pray that we will do that. Help us to take that next step of discipleship for you. In Jesus' precious and holy name we ask it. Amen. Will you come? Thank you.